Hello and welcome to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network presented by Coors Light. Go from full time to game time. Coors Light made to chill. Make sure you find the Raptors show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Uh, co-host Blake Murphy is away for the weekend. And so I am joined by co-host Alex Wong. We're throwing it back and uh, we have a lot of listener questions to get to. Uh, we have some 905 updates. You know, I know Blake wasn't here, so I was I was stepping up. Or I watched the Raptors play, our 905 play, and get their first win of the season. Exciting one. Oh, congrats. Did they give uh, Eric Corey a Gatorade shower, you think, I, I don't, after the game? Don't quite think so, mm. but I'm feeling for my guy Eric, you know, um, needs to get a couple guys healthy and get a couple wins under his belt because it's been a tough start to the year. Grady played a lot better. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we'll look ahead to Raptors Knicks, but uh, Alex, you're you're basically driving the ship for today. So oh, and you, you know, and you know what it's like when I drive. We drive real slow, yeah, and with no music, my brother. So thanks, yeah. Shout out to everybody, obviously, for sending in your listener questions. As always, we're gonna try to get to all of them. So I've sorted them in categories for you, Will, and you can pick, and we can go through them. So the categories today are Pascal and OG, mm. the front office. Okay, that's not going to be fun. The second unit. Yeah, okay. Fun Raptors questions. All right. Shohei Otani. Oh, he has his own category. And then we have a little assorted trick-or-treat bag that we're going to tap into uh, every few basketball questions. All right. So where would you like to start? Let's start with the most important things. Let's talk, start with uh, Pascal and OG. Okay, Pascal yeah. and OG questions. The first one for you is... If you could only choose one of OG or Pascal to continue with Scotty, who are you picking and why? Three words for you, OG Anunobi. <laughs> Hello, Derek. Uh, yeah, I think I think you probably would pick OG if you had to only go with one. I think mm. my argument there is um, you're probably going to have to pair Scotty with a lead scorer at certain points. Like, I don't know if Scotty Barnes in his, like, fully actualized superstar version in his prime five years from now, let's say, is going to be that, like, go-to score in addition to all the other things that he does. Um, maybe he'll get there. And if he does, then this problem actually just kind of takes care of itself. But I do think that in the interim, maybe you do find him a, a lead scorer in that way. And I think Pascal's currently in that role, Right where he is the guy that the Raptors go to for their baskets. But you also see that there are times where they have to negotiate the spaces on the floor, uh, all that kind of stuff. I I think it works, but, you know, I think you could also make it work even better if that other player was more of a perimeter player, is more of a guard. The case for OG is that, like, he's not going to be that star player beside Scotty and Pascal or whoever is going to be here, right? OG is going to be really, really great in his role. 3 and D, one of the best in the league, maybe 3 and D plus, but I don't see that offensive leap coming. However, having said that, there is always going to be a place for an OG Anobi on any winning team. Like, I think, honestly, any championship team or any contender in the league right now would love to have OG and put him into their squad. He'd immediately jump in. It'd be excellent. Um, and so, looking ahead, why not just keep him on the Raptors for the hope that the Raptors ultimately get back to that point. How they get back there, who knows? We'll see mm. with the front office questions, but... That's my pick. I'd probably go with OG. I'm sorry, Pascal. But who would you pick? Yeah, this is a really tough one for me because the way that you've broken it down, like to me, like I would lean OG in that I think he's a great complimentary player next to what you want to build around Scotty. 
But then I always find myself in a situation where, like, are we just like undervaluing Pascal in a way? Like, this is oh a, yeah, totally. This we, is we like an, yeah. this is an All NBA player, right? Yeah. And and like I know his role, he's adjusted to a new role, a new offense this season. But at the same time, there's always room for Pascal. But my my problem with Pascal is like I just don't feel like from a timeline basis it fits where the Raptors are, are trying to go. And maybe part of that is the front office. Okay. Part of that I would blame on the front office too because they've gotten themselves in a situation where it does feel like they, they need to choose now. Because like is there a scenario, an alternate scenario, where all three of them are on the team next season? Like how, how realistic do you think that is? That it's Scotty, OG, and Pascal are all on the Raptors opening night next season. I think if the Raptors were mostly looking to retain their assets, that probably makes the most sense to me. But I've also said this last year when the Raptors had a whole <laughs> bunch of guys. Yeah, we've had all these conversations uh, for two years, by the way. Yeah, well, it turns out, you know, you do the daily show every every day. Mm. Uh, you're probably going to have to retread over the same topic. Mm. But I, I understand that, like, it's a pretty important one or this is how people are thinking about it. Um, I mean, yeah, the Raptors can just spend the money to do it. It's just whether or not they have the appetite to, you know, spend into the luxury tax or even yeah. potentially hit against or do the second you, April. I think the bigger and I, question. I think the answer is no, because the Raptors in their history have spent into the luxury tax once, and it was for the championship. Yeah, you call them cheap. Um, I mean, but I think the bigger question is, are you willing to push those chips in and really build around these three guys? Like, have you, yeah. have you seen enough from these three guys over the past, like, say, three years for you to believe that you're going to commit max money to OG, probably near max for Pascal? I just, I don't know if we'll get max money. Is it, is it going to be max for OG? You don't think so? Given the market that will be out there for him too, and I know we saw a lot of report, uh, reporting, we're going to have Michael Scotto join us next week yeah. to chat about sure. kind of the chatter. Mm-hmm. I know there's been chat, you know, the, there's been reports that the Raptors are concerned that like other teams might be able to throw a shorter ter- term deal with like more money annually at him. Um, yeah, I think it's going to take near the max to get OG, to retain OG. I don't think you're getting OG at a discount. It's funny because I don't think any team signing OG at a max would be asking him to be a max player, which is to come in and be sure. your number one, maybe your number two guy, all-star level mm-hmm. kind of player. Anything that signs, it'll just be like the market's kind of dictating that that's sort of what his like skill set is valued at. But I think most teams bring him in would want him to be a third guy, maybe a third guy, maybe a fourth guy even, depending on how talented that team is, right? So... Um. Yeah, I mean, you you can do it. I think you'd have to, you know, uh, make some concessions elsewhere. You might have to get rid of a couple pieces. You might have to get rid of concessions. Like, <laughs> actually, might, you might gotta increase concessions. Like Gary's probably not gonna be around if you want to do a move like this. I think, yeah, it, it is just difficult, right? Which is why I think there's always this sort of sense of, and I get it. Like, I think it's annoying to 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 me personally, just because we have we cover all the games, and so it, it comes up all the time. But, um. Yeah, I mean, this long-term, like, you have to think about it long-term. And I think long-term, it probably makes more sense to move forward with two of those guys rather than all three. Having said that, though, like, this is their time right now. If they go on a great run, if they can really show that it works and they get into a great groove and, you know, um, they're winning. I, I mean, again, this is they're 9-10 right now. There's no way that you, you look at this and say, well, they're going to win 50-plus games on the season or anything like that. But if that scenario does happen, if they really click, then I think that they kind of play themselves into being together, right? But right now, if they continue at a 500 pace, I can't see them doing that. Yeah, but that's a big problem to your last point too, is that they've, outside of that nice stretch towards the end of the regular season into the playoffs two seasons ago, mm-hmm. 2021-22, 20, 
It's been a 500 team for three years. Yeah. I mean, right? and, and that's what happens with like 500 teams. You'll have some nice stretches. You'll have some like pretty bad ones. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, over the bulk of the last three years, it's been kind of a 500 team. Now, during that stretch, I think OG was actually injured for a lot of that as well. Mm. Um, Scotty was coming up uh, in a rookie season. And last year was, you know, kind of stayed at a similar level. And then this year he's taken a big step. So you have to allow some time to like see how these things adapt to each other. Yeah. I think what's been encouraging is, well, first off, OG's so flexible. I'm pretty sure he could play any role. And I think that no one's really been concerned about how OG fits in any of this. Well, obviously, some concern about how Pascal fit at the start of the season when he started slow. But as I keep pointing out, after those two games against um, Philadelphia where he had, I think, 10, and then the win over San Antonio in overtime where he only had eight points, um, in the 12 games since, he's back to, like, the level that he's been at the last couple of years. I mean, in the 12 games since those two games, he's at 22.6 points per game, shooting 51% from the field. The three-point percentage is hilarious when you look at it. <laughs> he's shooting 9.8% from three <laughs> no in that way, stretch. Man. Uh, but it obviously has led to him getting to the foul line a lot. He's playing around the paint. He's rebounding a good no, rate. I don't He's care what it's been five. led to, man. He's shooting 9% okay. from three. The 9% from three is Come a real on. problem. I, I totally agree with you. I'm not trying to skate past that, but like he actually has gone back to his all-star level minus a three-point yes. shooting. Yes. So it's not, to me, a question of him fitting within this group. I think that like all three guys can be successful. Mm. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to pay for all of it. Well, that's why it's not it's not going to be easy for the front office. And, and this is the other question that came up in the Pascal and OG category. Somebody asked if if Pascal, by all reports, has been willing to you know sign an extension, and it seems like OG might be more headed to free agency. Why has there been so much focus on Pascal being moved? Um, I guess the, the, to reframe the question, it's more like, oh, should we be having conversation too about you know if this doesn't go well up until the trade deadline? Are you looking at a scenario where OG might be available? My sense of this is like the front office is looking at it like the option, the ball's in their court. Like oh, the front office's court. The ball's been rolled in their court for yeah. years, my brother. They've been doing that Dennis Shooter thing where they just roll the ball out and kind of eat the clock uh, on their contracts. But like, yeah, uh, I think the front office feels that they can resign both of these guys if they choose to. Okay. It's not a question of, okay, obviously, OG, you can't necessarily, you can, I think the window's already passed, but couldn't assign him to an extension because of the fact that he'd have to opt out. Uh, and then the maximum for that extension was less than the actual maximum elsewhere. It's so complicated. This, again, I miss you, Blake. You would have been here to explain that, and it would have been awesome. Um, but essentially, the most Raptors can pay him is less than what the most he can get in free agency is. Right. It just so, didn't make sense for – a deal wasn't going to get done before the start of the season. Exactly. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Pascal's case is different. If they extend him right now, it's going to be the same as the number that he will sign in the offseason, whether that's for the Raptors or elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so – yeah, I think the front office kind of feels that like they have both options in their hand if they choose to go uh, with All both. right, good luck, front office. Yeah, <laughs> just, you know, Listen, we've gone through this before. I'm just here to wear this very spiffy <laughs> Sports Day 590, the fan hockey jersey <laughs> on air. All right. Uh, I'm, not here to, I'm not here to defend the front office. I'm just here to just explain to you yeah. how they may potentially feel about this. Uh, before we get to the front office, uh, uh -huh. one more in this category. Uh, Dennis mentioned this a little bit. Sure. Yesterday, too. When is it time to make a push for Defensive Player of the Year for OG? You think he's stacking up a case so far? I, I like that Dennis kind of started stacking that case up. You know, I like that Dennis, as a vet in this league, somebody who's been around really successful players. Like, honestly, we only have 15 really, we only have 15 minutes each week, and half of it we always talk about like what's topical for yeah. that week. And Boo Ray. Uh, and then Boo Ray. Uh, now or, available or on Boo Ray. Yeah. Uh, that's how the mainlander <laughs> says Blu ray, as you, as you pointed out. Um, 
But he's played with successful players, right? He was in Boston. He played with Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was obviously just coming off the Lakers. He played with LeBron and AD. Yeah. You know, he played with uh, Chris Paul. You call an AD special? I Shea, guess AD those, special. those kind of guys. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, You know, in OKC. Yeah. Even before that in Atlanta, there was a team with four all-stars. He was on that team, I believe. He, he might have crossed paths a little bit. Well, there was, he was definitely crossed paths with our guy, Jeff Teague. Yeah. That too. So, like, he's seen sort of, like, what it takes for um, players to sort of get that accolade and get those re- that kind of recognition. And he knows that, like, hey, number one, more importantly than anything else, you got to win. Once you are the winning team and mm-hmm. you have the stats to back up your contributions towards the winning team, mm-hmm. that's how you get these awards. You know, I think even, like, the most recent, like, major award we've had in Toronto was Scotty winning Rookie of the Year. One of the big deciding factors for voters that year was the Raptors won more games than Cleveland. Yeah, and us pushing everybody on the Raptors show, pushing all the voters. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, like, down the stretch, like, they were really able to come on strong, right? So I think that, like, yeah, I mean... I almost that, think our uh, propaganda thing too. I mean, I don't know. We we can do some OG propaganda if we need to. Oh, but I for think sure. it's pretty obvious. Like Devin Booker shot like two of twelve against them. That's yeah, tough. The, the numbers are staggering. You see what he's done in Donovan Mitchell. Even the way he guarded Victor Wambayama in that Spurs mm-hmm. game stood out to me. I almost think OG is so good on the defensive end that the Raptors, even if they're just a near five hundred team, he's going to deserve some consideration for Defensive Player of the Year because sure. I think he's that good right now. Sure. I I also do think that like. The, the market does cut against OG. Sure. In a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you just take your average voter, um, you know, who has covered the NBA for like 10, 15 years, and they, they cover the local beat. That's that's the average voter mm. that contributes towards these things. So, in a, cover the local beat means that half the nights in the league, they're at an arena, whether that's home or away, mm. and they're watching that game. Yeah. When you're at the arena, it takes probably you're there from let's say tonight's game is seven thirty against the Knicks. Yeah. You're there from like four thirty until like probably eleven. Yeah. Early. Is that why? Is that why you're skipping tonight? Or? Uh, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about my moves, buddy. It's all good. You'll be there to hold it down. I know. Uh. So you're there from what four thirty to eleven. If you're riding off the game, probably even eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not an uncommon sort of strategy. At yeah. that point, you got to then move and schedule on, on top of your life. So you're talking about like literally half the half the games in the year, you're not able to watch other games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at best, you're saying that on all your off nights, you are now watching all the teams in the league to really understand everything. Yeah. What that leaves you typically is most people end up watching the nationally televised game of the week. So some TNT Thursday game, maybe an ESPN Sunday kind of game. And they're using that in addition to sort of who they see over the course of their team season to vote for those awards. Um if the rappers are never on national television, how are they supposed to really get that information? And yeah, sure, it could be highlighted somewhere. Obviously, um, you know, really, really top of the league kind of like journalists like a Zach Lowe, um, they might point out, okay, this is great. You might hear a little podcast snip of like a J.D. Reddick podcast being like, hey, you know who's a great defender? O.J. Anobi, here's this and this. Those things may sway you a little bit. You might read some articles. I'm sure, again, there's more research that goes into this. But in terms of just like your day-to-day, like actual time and ability to consume things as a national like beat writer that then needs to vote for these awards like you're probably looking at the national tv games yeah no, we're never on them no i think that's a really, really like if, fair if, point. Rap- if raptors sons was a national tv game and everyone saw og guard booker like that mm-hmm. it'd be a huge thing but yeah it wasn't that's why we need more like defensive uh highlight packs man i actually i would advocate for that yeah, yeah. we actually, actually need more like of that because i think defensive player of the year with what og does is is hard to, to kind of spotlight sometimes, like you mentioned. Sure. 
because of all those factors. Um, yeah, let's stick, let's stick with basketball, man. Let's let's move on to the front office. It's the most you and I have talked hoops. Yeah. Well, also sitting really, it feels so empty in here, man. Um, is there a world where Masai and Bobby either buy <laughs> or stay put at the trade deadline? So let's start with the buying part. Is there, is there a world where Masai and Bobby would be adding players to this current roster at the trade deadline? I mean, I think all the options should be on the table. Great, um, here we go again. No, no, all the options should be on the table. You don't just walk in there and just say, like, yeah, I'm yeah. only going to do one thing, no, right? No, sure. Yeah. You have to at least carry the idea that, like, yeah, I'm, I could do any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what it's, what's more interesting to me is, like, what scenario does a team have to be in for them to actually buy? Like, do they need to be in a top six position in the standings? Even then, is it, even then can, could you realistically talk yourself into buying? I mean, again, it, it would probably depend on what deal is available on the Sure. Team. Like, if it was like a, if you get to that point and, you know, I, I would say like the Celtics, what they did a couple years ago when Derek White became available, mm. it was like a first round pick and maybe like a pick swap or something like that, but not, nothing like, like super expensive and nothing really off the roster that they needed. And you looked at a player like Derek White who's under contract and who can come con- contribute, like, yeah, you, you kind of make a deal that's sort of sensible to be made at that time. Um, I think the circumstances going the other way is like if the Raptors are really, really bad and they're like eight, nine games under 500 by the time the trade deadline comes around, mm-hmm. then you probably will sell and you probably won't see any opportunities to buy. But um, it's too hard to say that, I guess, in advance, you know? And do you see a scenario, the second part, where they just stay put? Keep the roster, OG, Gary, and Pascal all go to free agency. Uh, I would say probably not, but I mean, at the same time, <laughs> we've also <laughs> seen them do that this past summer with friends. So, you know, anything goes with the front office. I, I don't think it would be wise, really. Um, yeah. Are you listening, Bobby? Are you picking up your kids right now? <laughs> Yo, stop threatening his kids, man. <laughs> I'm not threatening. Sue Young in the car. Singing? Oh, no. Uh, next, next up in the front office. Last yep. year around the trade deadline, there was reports that the front office wanted to keep this team together, add vets, and see if they could help make a run. But also looks like the players didn't like each other, um, uh, and the players didn't think that it worked last year. Any sense that this has changed, considering the roster is mostly the same? I guess this question is just more, you know, there's been a lot of talk coming into this year about adding Darko, you know, as the new head coach. You know, we got a post-game chain now, new offense, all this stuff. But from the outside looking in, there are there is you know a segment of the fan base that looks at the roster and is like it's pretty much the same, mm-hmm. and the results have pretty much been the same. Yeah. So like, mean, do you feel like there has been changes this year so far, like about twenty games in, where you feel like the Raptors are you know trending differently than say last year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really easy to make the case that like this is the exact same as last year because they're nine and ten right now. Last year they finished forty one and forty one, and the players are pretty much the same Mm. outside of swapping Dennis for Fred or Fred for Dennis, you know? Um, I think what that glosses over though, is just like, they are playing entirely differently on defense and they're also playing very differently on offense. Um, Now it's funny that you're still getting to the same spot. Like it doesn't really matter if you take, you know, uh, the 401 to the DVP Mm. and, and, and get downtown or if you take the, you know, 427 and the Gardner and get downtown, you're probably still yeah. getting to the same place. And it's probably still going to take you two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, they are trying something different. And I think the idea was, 
if you get them to play differently, A, does that bring more out of this group? And B, which players fit that new kind of identity? You know, and I think that that's sort of an evaluation process that is its own thing. Like, I think that people get frustrated about thinking about evaluation because it's like, we've seen three, four years of evaluation. How do you not decide on these guys already? But if you're going to tell me you're going to change their offense and your defense, don't you want to see how the players that you have currently fit within that and then respond accordingly to that? Like, it does feel like they're not making any moves, but like also no team around the league at this current moment in the t- in the calendar year for the NBA is making moves at this time. You'll definitely see activity, you know, in January. You'll definitely see activity in February at the trade deadline. But currently, you know, they're trying to play in a different way. It's just funny that they're in the same spot. <laughs> no, it is. I, I think, I mean, the biggest change for me for this year is that I think now you can comfortably say that, hey, we can we can with certainty think about what it's like to build a team around Scotty or at least give a sure. chance yeah, of yeah. like because we couldn't have those conversations last year. Okay. Last year it was yeah. still like, hey, Pascal's the best player on this team. We have all these other players. We don't know what Scotty's gonna be. I think at least Scotty's showing enough this season for the front office to say that, hey, we can move forward with this path like it doesn't oh yeah it doesn't clear up the questions about pascal and og because their contract situations are what they are and like not to jump ahead too but it's like a lot of questions about like the second unit and like which bench players can fit with scotty and stuff like at least now when you're thinking about constructing the roster moving forward i think you can fully think about it from like the standpoint of like what are we building around scotty which i don't think you could last year yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But I also think that Scotty's shown you so much this year. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's got to continue throughout the rest of the year. Yeah. But I don't really see why a reason why it wouldn't. But once he shows you this, then you have a much bigger ability to say, okay, this is, you know, the piece that we have to center around. Before that, it's sort of like we hope that this is the piece that we center yeah. around. Now we kind of know that definitively. And, and again, in that sense, I'm actually really encouraged because my biggest thing coming this season was will Scotty make that jump? Right. And he has, which is great. Yeah, but now they got to put a better roster around him. Yeah, and, you know. And it's like his, it's his third year, man. Like, you know, okay. the clock is ticking always. Oh, someone someone on Twitter asked, where did I get this hoodie? Would well, you love to know? <laughs> yeah, Will's wearing a Sportsnet 590, the fan hockey jersey. That's right. Number it's seven on the back. I'm stealing that one for Christmas and not returning it, by the way. All right. Um, last front office question. Okay, oh. is, okay is, asshole Tim. Is there a chance... Yeah, I feel like I'm in court right now. <laughs> Shouts a young thugs lawyer pushing positivity. Is is there a chance this constant limbo leads to a front office change? Uh, I remember reading quotes about them talking about why be in the middle and Masai talking about playing for what. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like we're living in the middle and what are we playing for, basically? Yeah, uh, I think that's like objectively very fair. And when, especially when you look at the course of the last three years, they've basically been a 500 team. I think the last three years combined, they're seven years over. They're seven games over five hundred. Yeah, including and, this year. And that's because of like the last three weeks of that regular season. Two weeks ago, partially. Yeah, they, they yeah. were just hovering around five hundred. Yeah, whole and then season, they made the push. You're, you're right. You're yeah. right. They they were winning games with Armani Brooks. They Precious yeah. was super hot for a while. They were playing that wild seven man rotation with Chris and Precious just coming <laughs> in only to grab rebounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Nick Nick had some ideas. <laughs> they he went like this when they ideas. checked in. <laughs> no, they literally did a fusion dance, and they were like, "All right, we're gonna be the same guy," but. Um, I, I think, so obviously, like, you have to take everything the front office says with a grain of salt. Sure. Um, but I think the general idea is, is the future of the franchise 
moving in, in, in a good way. And I think that as long as you have Scotty, that is like half the battle. Like you have a young star player who you haven't even signed yet to a rookie extension, which obviously you will be able to. So you have like like three, four years there minimum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, you need to surround and need to build some pieces, but the Raptors have pieces, right? I think that, you know, if you want to convert them to future pieces, then yeah, you just trade an OG, you trade a Pascal, maybe you trade a Gary, and, you know, you you take some young players and you say, well, we have these guys under team control. We can kind of move forward. We're good. Um, I think that option is on the table for the front office. And if they take that option, I think for a lot of people, that would make them feel better about the situation. They probably feel better about the front office if they make the decision. I think what's difficult is you have to judge them, not necessarily what they say in the press conference, but what they've done with their acquisitions. And obviously, mm-hmm. the, the life history of both Messiah and Bobby has been excellent. Like, can't be ungrateful about this whatsoever, man. Like, they've made incredible <laughs> trades, including winning a championship, and it felt for a while that everything they touched went to gold. But then you look at the last couple of years, like, okay, well, you know, uh, Goran Dragic and a first-round pick for for Thad Young, you know, like, yeah, that's Yeah, that's not, looking tough in that's, retrospect. That's not, that's not really a home run. You know, yeah. like, um, we're going to trade Ken Burch in a first for, th- for Jakob Pertl. Like, yep. objectively, you got a much better player. Like, Kim's not even in the league anymore, I don't think. No, um, I don't think so. So, no, but that longer, one's no still, longer representing we the North. But that one's still... But, yes, Jersey, come on the show, man. Um, but yeah. that that Jakob one is still up for debate for me. Um, yeah, okay. See how it plays out. I mean, I, they wouldn't have... A, I don't think they had another way to acquire, like, a starting caliber ready-made center. Sure. To add to the group, because they didn't have really money in frequency to really go around with. Mm-hmm. Um, the money that they had was the mid-level, which they signed Dennis with, which I think is like an objectively yeah. a pretty great deal. If you got a starting level player at the mid-level, like you're, you've done really well. I just feel like you're a 500 team for the last three years. Yeah. You don't have excess draft picks the way like a Utah or OKC you does. You actually are in pick deficit. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. You're in pick deficit. So, so like in every way, you're in the middle, right? It's not yeah, like sure. you have this clear path to like replenish your talent some of your top talent, like two of your starters and your sixth man is heading to free agency, mm-hmm. right? You lost your starting point guard in the summer um, to nothing. Like, you know, if you look at the body of work, like I, I get the run up to the championship was like incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I still think back of like how we were able to get OG and Norm for like who? Like Gravis Vasquez, yep. um, like which was incredible. Yep. But like the body of work the last three, four years has been really lacking. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you, man. And I'm not saying, like, advocating for a front office change, you know, Bobby, if you're driving to see your kids right now, but, like... Sorry, Bob. My thing is, like, I think two, three years ago, <laughs> uh-huh. coming off the championship, if there was any chatter about Masai leaving or a change in the front office, the fan base would have just thrown their hands up and been, like, really oh, yeah. upset. No, no, there would have been a protest at 50 base. Yeah, the group. tone has changed now. Yeah. I think now there's part of the fan base who's like, oh... Has this front office kind of grown, not like stale, but like too attached to some of their players um, or, or, or sure. too confident in like the paths that they're choosing? Like you mentioned of like, oh, they're confident that if Pascal and OG go to free agency, they'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like we've seen things go the other way for them. So I, I think I think my answer to this question is like I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, you know what? I would be surprised if this change, but it's just like it says a lot that the fan base's tone on the front office is no longer as universally supportive as it was like two, three years ago. Yeah, but it's they're no longer universally hitting like grand slams every time they make a <laughs> yeah, move. You know, Bobby like, and Masai released Shohei Otani for like six years. So I used this analogy yesterday. I was on a, a Knicks podcast. Shouts to Knicks fan TV. <laughs> yeah, playing too many away games, but go ahead. And um, I made the analogy because they were asking mm. about Masai as well. I made the analogy that like Masai is kind of in the blueprint three era. <laughs> 
No, man. You made a Jay-Z <laughs> yeah. analogy on a New York pod? That's right. That's right. I'm disgusted right now. Uh, yeah, no, seriously. The the first, <laughs> the first like, what, five, six, seven years of Masai's tenure yeah. in Toronto? Yeah. What, Blooper 1 and 2? Like, just nothing but bangers. Okay, okay. You know, don't make me list them because I'm not that Yeah, name your top three Blueprint 2 tracks, man. Uh, But... When it comes to right now, it's more blueprint three. And roses. You know, there's like a couple you, of like. You can't ones. be young forever, man. Yeah, the, the young forever is good. You know, you can't like be young the, forever. Thad Young Forever. That's 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 <laughs> no, his current man, era. Once again, stick to Kendrick, my brother. Yeah. So it, it look it, it happens though. You know, when you have really high expectations, yeah. and look, like, I think the expectation of the fan base changed too, because for like longer term NBA fan or Raptor fans, whether our expectations like have grown or changed i'm not saying that people aren't capable of change in mm-hmm. the back of mind you always have that experience of like oh yeah what the pistons are doing right now that used to be the raptors yeah oh losing six straight to start the season or 16 straight to start the season yeah yeah uh, we've been there we've done that you know like we've seen like okay we got to give all the shots to like you know a guy who's like leandro barbosa was like one of our top two options yeah you know, a brazilian years, blur 10 years yeah. ago you know like so even if our expectations have changed, even though we know like objectively, um, you know, that we want to move in a different direction or we might disagree with the direction the front office is taking, mm-hmm. at least in the back of your mind, you know, like, okay, this is where we came from. And yeah, we, but- if we've gone through that, we can go through, it, you know, something better. Uh, and we understand, like, the value the front office has. I think more than anything else, people may not necessarily want to change the front office. They just want the front office to, like, choose a decision, mm-hmm. pick a direction. If they tear down, everyone understands it. And then we would want them to be around to help us yeah. with the teardown and rebuild because they've been really great with draft picks too. So I think the the bigger thing is you have to manage the expectations because if you're just standing in the middle and you're telling people we're going to win, but you're going to be, you know, dropping games to the Nets and then you win again yeah. against the Suns, people are going to get pretty frustrated because it's like we're not really moving anywhere mm-hmm. even though we're expecting wins, but we're not really seeing that. So I guess people just need to know what to expect more than anything else. Yeah, wow. Great ball talk with you, my brother. Yeah, I didn't think we'd talk this much ball. Th- no, we you were rolling. One, so uh, we I have I, one Asian food question. No, I don't want to suddenly be like, yo, uh, settle this transatlanticism or plans, which, oh, which we bloody. will get to after the break. Can't yeah. wait. Can't wait. Um, okay, we're going to take that break. I've been your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Lou. Continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. We are answering uh, listener questions, among other things, on today's episode. But first, we have a really exciting ticket giveaway. Alex? Yeah. So next Wednesday, December 6th, the Raptors are facing off against the Miami Heat, uh, two teams who didn't make it into the in-season tournament quarterfinals at 7.30 p.m. at Scotiabank Arena. Here's your chance for you to win tickets to check out the action. So to enter for a chance to win two tickets to check it out, check out the action, text today's code word SIAKAM to 590-590. Again, today's code word is SIAKAM. Text this in to 590-590 right now to enter for your chance to win tickets to next Wednesday's game. We will also be giving away another pair of tickets on Monday. So if you don't win today, make sure you tune into the show Next Monday, you can also secure your tickets for next week's Toronto Miami game at Ticketmaster.ca. That's good. Did I stutter? No. no Did no. I pronounce his name right? Yeah. So, 
Let's get to some more fun who, questions. Who, also, who wrote Check Out the Action so many times into the copy? It was our acting boss, Dylan Brown, if you really wanted to know. Do you, know, do you, do you need a thesaurus? <laughs> do, you, do you need to study English again, <laughs> Silvio Dante? My goodness, man. All right, let's get to some fun questions because uh, somehow yeah, go we ahead. got engaged into 30 minutes of ball talk. I, you know, I wasn't which, expecting that for the two of us. I was like, man, seen a lot good. of synergy this year from the Raptors. <laughs> That's man, right. It's man. a regular season win, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's do this. If you guys, this is from longtime listener Dana. All right. If you guys fought, if me and you fought UFC style, who would win? What is UFC style? Like, there's just no rules. So we get in the octagon. Yeah, yeah we can have, like, different, you know, yeah. jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Did I pronounce <laughs> that genre right? <laughs> Did I pronounce that fighting style right? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little yeah. British jiu-jitsu, BJJ, as you know, they call it. You know, oh, first off, shout out to BJJ on board. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know who goes there when he's in town? Who? Ronnie Chang. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. No, he's a big, um, he's a big BJJ guy. Got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's on BJJ board, like Armstrong. <laughs> oh, man. All right, the show has started. Um, yeah, who would win? Let's, uh, let's hear it, my brother. First okay, so of all, what would, we, what would we fight over, man? What there's we nothing ever... we would actually fight over, bro. We're <laughs> actually pretty aligned on, like, 99% of things, except for one thing that we'll never talk about on air. Oh, brother. Uh, but... Yeah, I Trip mean, coming. Um, I I have like more size. I don't know if that's like advantageous. When's the last time you got in a fight? Uh, like an actual fight? I don't think yeah. I've, I've gone into an actual physical fight All right, like in I'm my life. I'm winning this fight then. If you never yeah. fought in your life, then yeah. I don't know. I think I, I think. I'm but you don't think my fight. survival instincts will kick in? Yeah. You you got you got a yeah. You got a mean jump hook. I'll just slap my hands <laughs> like all around. Which NBA player would I fight like? I'd be like Beef Stew, man, Isaiah Stewart or something. I, I know, I know. I, I'm sure you got that, like, that, that dog. I think, I think you can take me, though. But are you putting me in a sleeper hole? Like, what do you think the move is? You're going to sweep my leg? Like, what What do you, like, you coming well, to the center not, of the like, ring. no, like, boxing or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> you could just knock me out with one punch if you want. <laughs> this guy's no, one I, punch, I, man. I haven't fought anybody since I was in middle school but i think in middle could, school it was like it was a fight every day i think you could Shots take the hilltop, by the i way. think you could take i think you could take me though if if you've never been in a fight before you're losing this fight i'm sorry yeah no i'm i'm picking you as well okay. um but we'll never actually fight though you never know man no um, we're not fighting man does uh does will have a personal mandate to wear one piece of camo every day on the show i have one camo item <laughs> i think you just wear it a lot <laughs> give me your full rotation of clothes right now i can name it columbia camo uh, purple fleece acquired yeah. from the Sportsnet yeah, uh, yeah. wardrobe department. Yeah. Uh, uh, vintage uh, World Cup 98 Japan. Yeah, it's upstairs. Jacket. Uh -huh. In the uh, your dad's trench coat. Or is it your own? Yeah. Trench uh, coat. It's 50 50 at this point. Yeah. And uh, the OVO hoodie that you were gifted from me via OVO, which I you're am, wearing today. I am actually wearing that right now. Except yeah. I got the I'm repping SN 590. Yeah. And, and, um, and those Adidas forms. Goodness. Yeah, those forms have seen some better days. I've also got these for free, too. So. Yeah, anyways. I'm just uh, trying not to spend that much money on clothing. You man. like the camo, though, or what, man? You've, you've been rolling with the camo a little bit. The camo's nice. You don't right. think so? Right. What Gary said it was a good fit. I, I think I was it was stamped, you know? That's yeah, but Gary was lying to you that whole segment. Um, As teased before the break, you know, Death Cab for Cutie did make my Spotify rap top five. And I know you're, Congratulations. A, you're a Death Cab connoisseur as well. Mm. So uh, someone wrote in and said, all right, boys, time to settle it. Transatlanticism versus plans. Okay. This is a heavyweight matchup. I've got both track lists pulled up here. Got you, got you. Transatlanticism. Give me the top three versus top three. Okay, transatlanticism, top three. Obviously, title track. Um, the title track, uh, The Sound of Settling. Oh, man. And then it's tough between title and registration and the new year. 
Mm. Those those are two key tracks for me too. Okay. What about your top three from Plans? Plans is simple, man. I mean, uh, I'll Follow You Into the Dark is like one of the three songs that stood out. Oh, man, heard that dark. live this year. Oof. Banger, man. Man, mm. that's, that's, that's a classic right there. Man. Uh, what else is on this album here? Brothers on a Hotel Bed. Yeah, love that. Another one for me. Love that. Uh, honestly, this is one of those, you know, like Soul Meets Body is also like a t- it could be top three. No Marching Bands of Manhattan. Marching Bands of Manhattan could be top three. That's the hottest album intro since Jay-Z Summer Volume Skin 1. Summer Skin is also on this. I think Plans wins, man. You think Plans wins? It has the most iconic ones, I think. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, man. Okay, I mean, my I'll... top two favorite are, are on here, so. Okay, let's, let's, let's go with that. Uh, next up, when will Alex get a new car? Um, can you can you tell the listeners what you what you are currently whipping? I'm currently uh, whipping a uh, 01 Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not a joke. Like it's actually from 2001. Yeah, just came back. Yeah. Um, car just came back from the shop. Um, you know, do they still have parts for this car? Like when, <laughs> when you sent it to the shop, like do they have? Parts? I believe some parts have been discontinued. I've, I but hope so. Knock on wood. Years. Knock on wood. I'm hoping to give this car a couple more years. So yeah. I know you've always enjoyed the car rides with me, um, so yeah. Well, I appreciate to, that. To, to set the scene in this 2001 Honda Civic that he's been yeah. driving, um, there is absolutely nothing in the car. It's a spotless car, yeah, except for uh, three CD ROMs because this car yeah. does not play blue does not have Bluetooth. Again, this car came out before Bluetooth. I no think was Bluetooth. invented or maybe popularized. Yeah, no aux cable. You didn't like trick it out or anything. No. You didn't put in anything. Yeah. So you have to roll the windows. It plays cassettes and CDs, and then of course it plays the radio, which we keep it locked to Fan Five Ninety. I'm not even kidding. Of course, man. Um, There's no other radio network in this city. One time we tried to listen to something else in the car, and I had to play it out loud in the cup holder. <laughs> <laughs> also, the cup holders are also from 01. It doesn't fit iPhones 8 and up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you need to put your phone there. The phones have gotten a lot bigger. One, the car was one time, the one time I drove my nephew in that, and then when he went home, went to my sister, he was like, is Uncle Alex broke? <laughs> Does he need money? <laughs> Do you need some money? He's like, I had to roll the windows. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. See, <laughs> there are no motion. You can't like hit the button or whatever. You actually know. have to like physically wheel them. It's crazy when I hop in my mom's car, like she's got the new Civic. Like a 2021. Got you. And it's got all the motion sensors. You can see, like, there's, like, the whole screen at the front. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, was yeah. like, there's wow. There's a mirror, I'm sure. Yo, it's crazy. Parking assist. Uh-huh. Crazy. Anyways, in yeah. line with the Spotify Wrapped release. No, your car's basically Vince Carter and the Hawks, man. I got one more in <laughs> Yo, me. Like. I, I always got one more in me, hopefully. In line with the Spotify Wrapped yep. release this week, uh, this is from Carlo at U of T. Shout out to Carlo. What Shouts. was... What's what's your favorite concert that you've ever attended, or this year, or recently? Doesn't have to be favorite all time. Favorite concert ever attended um, probably has to be. It was Kendrick at Oceaga. This is like probably twenty fifteen, <laughs> maybe twenty fourteen. That's how you know we've been doing this for a long time because we've definitely answered this question. The Pimp a Butterfly came out, uh, yeah. which is my favorite Kendrick album. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was just a really great time. You know, everyone really got into it, got very yeah. emotional. During All Right. Once again, Oceaga yeah. is the Pacific Mall Coachella. <laughs> it really is. I'm not yeah. even kidding. It really, really is. <laughs> even people in Montreal can't hate on that. You know <laughs> you know it's real, man. Yeah, it's, you know it's real when you go to Parc Jean Drapeau. What? Um, yeah, my concerts this year, what I guess I wrote you? these down. This year, I went to a Jizza concert, uh-huh. Death Cab at Massey Hall Ooh. with uh, acting boss Dylan Brown and Where his wife go? Mary. The Locks, Ghostface, LL Cool J. Wu-Tang Nas De La Soul and The Far Side. First of all, how many of these have you heard of? 
I, obviously, I'm a, I, I, obviously, I know ladies love cool James yeah. from our previous. Uh, <laughs> ladies love cool James Herbert. <laughs> Got 11 herbs and spices for Azotam. Uh, um, yeah, my favorite show yeah. this year, honestly, was was the Death Cab. We talk about the yeah, Death yeah. Cab. Like, no, that one really hit different. Didn't you guys get the set list? You guys got the set list for that one? Uh, I think Dylan tried to get the set list, and he might have gotten uh, snaked mm. by, a, by a Chinese lady, actually. Wow. Um, so, shouts, score one for us. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We won, baby. Yeah, but we yeah, Death Cab. Death Cab, just a, just a real emotional experience there. Yeah, I heard so. that, yeah. What about an artist that you haven't seen yet that you love to see in concert? seen in concert i know you've seen fkj yeah what was that fruit kiwi juice or something <laughs> Fresh kiwi <French>. juice. <laughs> shout out to fkj number one on my spotify oh, yeah, rap once again <laughs> my number one rap was tim horns man <laughs> they should give me my tim horns rap <laughs> yo actually i kind of want every like uber was, eats wrapped every sir exactly yeah. every service should give you the rap yeah. for the year you know? uber like, uber wrap like the top five locations <laughs> they're like <laughs> your number one was mcdonald's snakes and latte um so, no, man, that's where my, anyways, I'll tell you off air. Goodness. Um, um, is there one artist you haven't seen in concert where yeah, you're like, you know what? This, like, I've, because I've probably seen most of my favorite artists. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would be pretty lit to see a Ludacris concert. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's like very feasible. I think he probably is still yeah. touring to this day. No, we did, we did, uh, Ludacris stand up, the song stand up yeah, at yeah. karaoke last time. So I feel like Ludacris will bring a lot of energy into this. Yeah. Obviously, a really great lyricist. Mom, as well. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, um, Ludacris, Fifty Cent, in that kind of era. Fifty, you know? yeah, I missed yeah. the Fifty um, Get Rich or Die Hard trying reunion tour this year. I was disappointed by that. To be honest, I want to see a Most F and Talib Kweli. Oh, word! <laughs> a little Black Star reunion. What nice. you know about that? I do know about that. Um, about? Next up, uh, coming off the fact that I won the MVP by banking in a free throw yes, at right. the charity game, Shanda wants to know. From you, what are the Noah analytics on Alex's free throws? Oh, brother. Oh, brother. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Can oh, I actually man. go to OVO Athletic Center and get I, the Noah on this? I actually would love to do that. That would be and amazing. And I think we know enough people to, to try to set that up. Okay. You're just going to uh, pull up to Bobby? Yeah. I might be just like, hey, we tore, up, we, we tore up that front office segment one. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> hey Bobby I, I know we fired you while you, you were picking up your kids in your car listening to us on the radio but can we shoot just for fun that's why that's what happens when you curve me courtside for Chuck Swirsky um anyways oh that happened that's tough bro um uh, okay so as we've detailed many times the Noah board uh tracks three things it tracks whether your shot is left or right of center of the rim Mm. If it's and uh, is it a number? Is it like a percentage and like or, or a so color? It it is a number, right? So it's a it's a spectrum from like zero to one hundred, and you okay. want to be in the fifty in the middle, right there. Fifty is good. Uh, is great. Yeah, fifty is great. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think it's like if you hit three fifties, like if you hit all three on fifty, like I I don't think it's like mathematically or physically possible for the ball not to have gone in. Yeah, okay. kind of thing. Um, but. So it tracks whether your shot's left or right, long or short, and then also how much arc you put on the shot. The only thing maybe subjective is how much arc you put on the shot, just based on, I mean, I don't really care as long as you're, like, both dead center and also, like, the same, the correct length. I'm yeah. pretty sure your shot should go in. Whatever. Uh, you would literally get zero on across the board. Like, I'm not <laughs> kidding. Like, the only thing that you did for the free throw that made it yeah. was you were actually online. Yes. But you shot it, like, so long yeah. that it banked off the backboard and it went in. Yeah. Um, but... I've seen the shot. It goes left and right. It's long and short, and the arc of it is wild. <laughs> so, like, I actually, I don't know. Like, I actually would love to see. It's, it should be for science to, to see. It, it really should. Um, it really should. You have other skills, though, basketball-wise. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, trying to diss you at all. You're, I'm gonna spend you're a great no, I'm defender. A, I'm gonna spend next summer working on my shot because I really feel like yeah, you're gonna, I'll teach you how to shoot, man. You know I can shoot. No, I got Johnson already. Um, okay, fine. I think if I can even pick up a semblance of of a of a shot, like it's gonna open up my game so much. <laughs> you're basically a Raptors player. <laughs> you're a Raptor prospect. <laughs> If you could shoot, you'd be damn good. Yeah, I know. I'm Justice Winslow right now. Um, if if you could use only one quote from The Wire uh, for the rest of your life, which one would it be? So I got I got some options okay, for you here. Some options here. Um, you know, obviously the Stringer Bell wants you to put the word out there that we're back up. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, you know, you've told us that we can own more than just four corners. Um, you know, when <laughs> that's that's specific to the Raptors game ups. <laughs> when we can own more than just four corners. Yeah. Sometimes right. when we talk about food too much, because like there was one time I think Avon said to Stringer, like, you think we're the Trump bros now? You know, you call us the Fung bros. Nice. nice. There's also Marlowe to the security guard. You know, you think it's one way, but it's the other way. That's what you said to that security guard. I love, uh, well, you know, he, anyways. And then he was, uh, and then um, I love the, uh, this one's like Azotam related. It's like, I got right. the shotgun, you got the briefcase. Nice. So it's like, I got the synergy data, you got the briefcase type. Mm. Yeah, um, nice. How many, yeah, which which one uh, Which one do you like? I mean, it's it's hard to just pick one, right? Like, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Thanks I mean, for I, I uh, not I, being if, in the spirit of this question. If, if I had to just only pick one, I'd probably uh, do the, you know, put the word back out there that we back up. Okay. By Stringer Bell. But yeah. This, is the this, wire the most very quotable. Quotable, the most quotable show of all time? Uh, it's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. So I I don't understand how like people like understand every subplot and are able to quote so much of Seinfeld and The Simpsons. Oh yeah. And by, by people, I mean like people who. Do we need Blake here, here for this? <laughs> yeah, basically Blake people. Like <laughs> like they, Blake people is great. No, Blake people like they really know like so much like an encyclopedia yeah. of knowledge, and I just never understood. I, I don't it. think like, it's, it's even it's, a. I don't think it's even a Caucasian thing. I think, I think like some people are just really good at retaining like memory, like remembering okay, TV, yeah, sure. movies and stuff. Cause I can't quote anything from TVs and movies. Like, I don't know if you're like that. Um, there's certain shows that I binge watch. Like I, I've seen like Mad Men a couple times. I've seen The Wire a couple times. Yeah. So those shows I could probably do, but. You love your Mad Men. Yeah. I love Mad Men. Yeah. I don't even think about you at all. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's me to Jeff Downton. Um, all right, let's shift into some fun Raptors questions let's and then go. we can carry that over into segment three. Let's do it. Uh, people want to know, based on, uh, because you're the warm-up god, um, based on Raptors pre-game, shoot-around, are there any Raptors that are surprisingly better or worse in-game versus when you see them in uh, warm-ups? The guy, used that, the guy that used to fit this category was Pascal. Pascal oh, really? go to the warm-ups and hmm. like, just miss like so much and then go in the <laughs> game and drop 25, and I just never understood it. Like, Yeah. Um, I think nowadays, I think it's it's probably closer in terms of like just the the accuracy you see off the court, but you also see in the game as well. Mm. Before a while, it was really perplexing. I think it was the 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 year after the championship, nineteen twenty, when Pascal was the number one option, and we won like fifty plus games or almost sixty games, really. Yeah, and with a number two seed overall in the whole league. But yeah, that year I was just like, I couldn't, I can't believe that he's missing so many shots at warmups, but he would he would play well. Um, I think it was. I, there's definitely nobody on that level where it was like I used to when, when Kawhi was here for that one year and mm. we used to watch Kawhi's warm up. Kawhi's oh, warm up that? routine. Oh man, was like he would just like practice shooting like post fadeaways. Yeah, I remember over and over. I remember every shot, bro. Yeah, every and he would have shot. like the tallest assistant coach come out there. Yeah, um, whether it was Jamal McGlure or this this other tall guy that I forget what his <laughs> name is. I'm sorry. 
What about Jeremy Castlebear? What did we hire him for? He was inbounding. He was giving the ball into the post to Kawhi. I'm, I'm not even kidding. That was what was happening. All right. And he would just hit turnaround jumpers over the 6'8 human being yeah, over beautiful. and over and over again. And it's he would beautiful. make like 85, maybe 90%. 100%. Of yeah. Um, we just don't have a guy like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the warm up thing is true. It's like um, most of the time it really lines up. Like you see yeah. guys who struggle to shoot from three in game and you see the inconsistency. Oh, before yeah, totally. the game yeah. like you can see it yeah it's like it's like what drake said man if you ain't got it you ain't got it yeah that theory is brilliant so even a guy like gary like gary is probably the closest to like the most automatic guy in the warm-up mm. um and then when you watch him in the game you're like yeah he's he's our best shooter like i, I know that he doesn't shoot the best percentage sure. but like objectively if you want a guy taking an open shot with the game on the line i'd probably pick gary on the team yeah or you're even og og's up to that level he's really improved over the years yes. i've been watching his warm-ups for like five six years now He's really gotten a lot better to the point where he's now shooting like almost practice shots where he shoots with extra arc. I asked him about this one time. He said he was working on his touch. Oh, but yeah. he would like shoot like double arc shots and yeah. they'll still go in. He's got shooting a double rainbow. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. That's sick, man. So, uh, Spotify wrap. Fan, sh- fan shout outs coming up after the break. Handing out our chain of the week. More questions and Raptors next preview in the second hour. That's right. Uh, we're going to take another break. I've been your host, Willow. You've been listening to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. Continue to be joined by producer and co-host, Alex Wong. What are we doing today, man? What are we doing today? <laughs> you know, f- to start the second hour, I know this week, I, I, we had referenced it earlier this week, that there was a Spotify rap that came out and giving data to everybody about their top podcast of the year, all mm-hmm. of this stuff. And I know you saw... A lot of this on social media too. That's right. Uh, Apologies to anyone who follows me on Instagram. Yeah, he uh, runs all, it now though. All you, all you have seen is just the Raptor Show is my top podcast, and I appreciate all of you. Yeah, for seeing that. No, you gotta put, you gotta put yourself out there. You're up, bro. Um, okay. So, just wanted to take a quick minute here before we continue with our Raptors mailbag, just to shout out some people. And again, I tried to track a lot of them as they were coming in. Obviously, couldn't get to everybody. You know, shouts to some of our listeners, Josie and Colin. Yep. Uh, Juan Manuel, yep. uh, Richard Schumacher wanted us to know that this is the third year in a row now that the Raptor show was his top podcast. And yeah. he actually had a question for you. Okay. He's missing the slander pods. He said, hopefully yeah. we can get a few more slander pods this season. He set the over under at four and a half. That seems a little ambitious for a 500 team, I want to say. Yeah. So I put in that rule, I think back when we were very... <laughs> Well, we were very successful. I put in the rule that thing uh, about the old days. You could only slander. Wow, see, that's why the wire is so quotable. Yeah. Uh, that you could only do a slander pod if you're above 500. Okay, because like, so what, it's gonna be a real club. Like? No, it's just it's tough. But bro. what if we beat the Celtics to improve to 22 and 21? Like that's that's fine. You're over 500. That's eligible. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's totally fine. Yeah. Okay. So no, that's, at that point, we will be slandering when Jalen was Brown's the, left hand. When was the last slander pod? Did you do one last year? No, there's not one last It's been year. that long? They were under 500 the whole year, except for oh. when they started the season. Man, one we, and oh. we starving, man. We are starving. <laughs> we man. are starving. Man's is Mars. I was just going to say that. <laughs> oh, Damn it, man. You yeah, riding. Yeah, we actually you have riding, to teach man. Alex a lot of... Uh, yeah. You know what? Never mind. No. We're not going to... It's all pure that. right now. Yeah. 
Um, shout out to Wayne, who we spotted in the food court the other day when we went to get Shanghai 360. He was in his yes, Anthony sir. Parker that was a sick, jersey. That was a sick jersey. Wayne, if you hear this, I actually would like that Anthony Parker jersey. Let's let's chat. Um, Ali Khan, our friend from the Toronto Blue Jays, huge listener. I don't know if you're aware of this, Will, but huge Raptor show listener. Yeah? Um, yeah. That's no. what we'd be listening to when he's jogging through Central Park as the, Raptor, <laughs> as the Blue Jays prepare to take on the New York Yankees. He's jogging with Shohei Otani. Uh, um, I know that's what he wants to be doing. <laughs> yeah. um, Kevin, Kevin, our boy from Livestock. Yep. Drew, photographer Drew. Of course. I don't think we shout out Drew enough. Shouts to Drew. Shouts to Drew, man. Drew is family. And then some honorable mentions. No, actually not honorable mentions. These are okay. the top stars. Tom, got you, got you. Tom Graham from Australia yep. believes he's the top listener from Australia. He submitted 9,372 minutes of Good. listening to the Raptor show. Yeah. Uh, Johnson, the aforementioned Johnson, yep. a.k.a. Asian, uh, Asian Lethal Shooter, was at around 10K. Mm-hmm. Um, shouts to Cassidy on IG, send in 10K as well. Edwin at 11K. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Choi. It was, uh, it was <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Identify yourself. 15,000 minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Steph on Twitter is is actually the leader. Uh, over 25,000 minutes. And I think she said that she's heard us more than she's heard like her own family. Yeah. And for context, when I took the 25,000 minutes, that's 17 full days Damn. of listening to the show. So wow. if you sat down right now, and you listen as much as Steph, it would be uh, around Christmas by the time you're done. That's, no, a, but that's I, really but, impressive. Well, yeah, Look at all these minutes. It's like we were coached by Nick Nurse. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, but all jokes aside, like yeah. we, we wanted to carve it's out this awesome. time really quickly, you know, from covering the content and stuff. I don't, we, we don't get to stop sometimes to say thanks, to, to really just say thanks to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Uh, absolutely. No, thank you. Um, and I want to say it's, I want to say thank you, especially because, as an adult, you don't get this feeling, um, but I think everyone can relate to when you're in school and you come home with straight A's. You know, mm. when you just be me, you're like waiting to show your parents, like, look, yeah, look at this, look yeah. at this A in art. And then they're like, why aren't you gifted though? Yeah. Well, they, they didn't have to ask that question for me. <laughs> uh, sorry, wow, gifted kids are so insufferable. I'm sorry. Uh, Wait, you're gifted? Yeah, man. Oh, no <laughs> wonder. F- MCI, baby. Shout no, MCI. No wonder you carry yourself the MC- way you do. Uh, yeah, actually, it makes a lot of sense once you know that. Um. Mm. But, yeah, no, that's what it kind of feels like when everyone kind of sends in that, those screenshots of, like, how much they listen to the show. Yeah. It's awesome. It actually does feel like that exact feeling. So I will be sharing that, those to my parents over the weekend. No, for sure. Shall and they're going to be like, okay, that's fine. Just wrap these dumplings, <laughs> buddy, and, and make sure you, when you boil them, they don't break apart. Like, God. They're like, you're our son. You are not a TV personality or radio personality. You are just our son, and you will only ever be that. And I'm like, okay, you know what? That's nice. Yeah, shout out to Day One Raptors fan Jenny, who popped by the Recess community event last week and told me that Prehistoric brought back so many great memories Mm -hmm. for her. And that's been, like, such a special part, too, of doing this and writing the book. And Chris Rothwell, a.k.a. Roscoe Raptor on Twitter, your wife submitted this request. I want you to know that you're the best husband and dad ever. And this is an early Christmas gift for you. Wow. This shout out. Yeah. Good. Chris's wife was actually trying to be like, can we get him on the show? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we could do a lot. We could do a lot, including where it's yeah. a fan 590 jersey on air. <laughs> and, and finally, and, and Zito's Marketplace. Finally, I want to give a shout out to, to Angelo at Zito's Marketplace. He's been running the grocery store, you know, with help from the Zito family on Marley Ave since 1985. Best sandwich counter in the city, I was able to meet Angelo the last couple of years through friend of the program, Mark Savelle. And like he handed me a Zito's Marketplace two class share award on air. 
And it was super funny because like people started coming into the Zito store and telling Angelo this was customers or like truckers, like drivers that he worked with and told them that like, hey, man, there's a Chinese guy wearing your toque on the show. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And um, he's always what been... What is a Chinese man? <laughs> this. So confused. Anyways, he's always been super supportive. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. He donated, I believe, like a whole coffee I remember, machine. Man. I was so, I was yeah. sick that I was giving that away instead of yeah, just taking that at, home. At the Bobby Webster live event. I just wanted to mention Angelo because I think he's honestly the perfect example of what we're trying to say here. The power of the show like this. The community that you're able to kind of branch out and reach into uh, based on everything that we've been able to build the last, you know, last two plus years. So like to everybody who shared their Spotify wrapped, everybody who didn't get a shout out today, all you regular civilians begging for a shout out. Like we spent a lot of time making this content, but we really want you to know that this is like not possible without all your support. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's, That's well it, said. That's well said. Back to questions, my brother. All right. What other questions you let's have? Do, man? Can we do some fun Raptors questions? Let's 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 do let's do our usual. Let's do one serious Raptor question and two fun ones. Okay. Yeah. So why aren't okay serious? Why aren't they playing Otto Porter more? It can't solely be for player development. I do wonder like how much Otto has like to give physically sometimes. You know, like <laughs> sorry, I don't know why that sounds so. No, sorry. I know I'm not you're not joking. I'm not trying to be rude. I, I just mean like, no. is he like ready to play all, like consistently? Sure. And, like, What's the like wear and tear on the body? Yeah, because right he's been so in and out of the lineup yeah. that it's like hard to just assume that okay he's healthy because he's not on the the whatever reports. So that mm-hmm. means he's fully available to mm-hmm. play. Um, you know, I think it's kind of curious, but I mean, I do know that like you know the one day that we were waiting for Garrett Temple last week, yeah, uh, we we were able to stay uh, in the arena for um, the the stay ready games. Yes. You remember those, right? So it's the like scrimmage. Some assistant coaches mixed in with some players, yeah. usually third stringers who don't typically get to play. So, you know, Otto's still getting that, that kind of time. And I think they maybe even use some of that to even evaluate whether or not like guys are ready to go or something like that. So, mm. yeah. Also, there's one assistant coach, Noah Lewis. Shouts to you, buddy. We saw you get some buckets in that. Bro, one, you he are. He was getting buckets on NBA guys. You, you, know, you are you. the Noah analytics, man. Yo, he, yo, um, honestly, he was sick. Great facial hair, too, man. Um, All right. Do you want Otto to play more? I do, of course. Yeah. Okay. Oh, as much as like Otto's available to play, like I want them to play. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fun question. Okay. Give me top five jerseys all time that you cannot show up to a home Raptor game in. Oh, top five? You can't show up to a Raptor. Vince Carter Nets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. First off, those Nest jerseys were terrible. I like, like that, those, like man. That boring gray. You don't like those? No, those are nasty. If man. anybody has a Vince Carter Nets jersey, hit me up. Those um, boring gray Nets jerseys with, like, the random little stars. Like, get out of here. Okay, man. fake DeMar DeRozan what jersey that, owner. What does that represent, <laughs> What are you going to wear, man? The eyes <laughs> on center? Okay, so Vince. Vince can't wear a Vince jersey. Uh, I don't think you should come to Raptor games wearing a Celtic jersey. Like, you know, Okay, like, so any Celtic jersey. Any, any Celtic jersey. Is there any specific one you would say would be most upsetting? Um, any of them. Actually. Okay, just any. Just any. Marcus Smart. You know what? If you come in repping 36, <laughs> if you come in repping that 36. 36 Mafia? Um, what about what about like an old school Larry Bird? Like you're past the era of Oh, that's different. That's different. That's vintage. Any okay. vintage jersey is cool. With but me. any current, present yeah, Celtics. Yeah, 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 you show up in that Leon Poe zero? Yeah, oh, that's hard. It's, it's um, by the way, uh, this is unrelated okay. as we continue on this, but we saw a Will Barton Raptors jersey at the Suns that's game. That's right, yeah. Week. So as I mentioned on yesterday's show, it was like, oh my God, like there's like real star power when you see like KD come in. Oh, sorry. I, wasn't, I didn't listen. Yeah. Uh, and, and so... It was like we saw so many jerseys. We remember we, we were looking before the game because you and I were both watching KD warm up. Yeah. We looked over the side and there was like literally a row of like seven Suns fans all in different KD jerseys. Incredible. 
Yeah. For to like, people who said KD has no stands, he has stands. OKC, you know, the Phoenix jerseys. Texas Warriors from college. Jerseys, yeah, the college yeah. jerseys, Sonics jerseys. Like, There's it was different wild. depths. There was different depths, man. It was amazing watching them. I thought they coordinated or something. Mm. Uh, but then we were walking around, and we saw a, a guy wearing a KD jersey, a guy wearing a different KD jersey, and in the middle, it was a Will Barton <laughs> Raptor jersey. It was a Will jersey. Barton sandwich. <laughs> repping that. What was Will Barton even wearing? 18? Maybe, no, one. Yo, one. I think it was one. If you are that person, also ID yourself. Yeah. Um, so Vince Carter Nets, any Celtics jersey. I'm shocked you haven't even mentioned LeBron. So no LeBron Cavs. No, come on. You, you know a man wear a LeBron jersey into the arena? To the Raptors game? You think Cleveland's cool? I, I to a, after LeBron. what LeBron? It's like wearing, it's like Do wearing a Jordan Do you remember when jersey. Sportsnet put out like LeBron's top 10 moments That's right. against the Raptors last season? It was a very viral moment. It was Do you shared remember? many times. No, do you remember this? So yeah. I, I'm shocked you're not putting LeBron no. on this list. No, I, I would honestly be more like offended if he came in with like Tristan Thompson or something. Like, but like I'm putting <laughs> LeBron Cavs on this. What other? I, what other? I mean, if you have a Paul Pierce Wizards. Are you talking about, oh, villains! Oh, Paul Pierce. No, Wizards? but this is yeah, these yeah, are yeah, jerseys. That, that's, that's these are no. jerseys you can't show up. That's a no. That's a no yeah. for sure. So that's Paul no. Pierce, Wizards. No. Who else I is like? Despise that what dude. about a what about a Raptor jersey that you can't wear anymore? I don't think anybody owns a Goran Dragic. I mean, that'd be kind of funny if you okay, had. It, if right? you had a Goran Dragic jersey and come to the arena, I'd actually yeah. I'll boo you. But for fun. Who was your like? Hito, that's a good one. Yeah, thank you, Derek. That's a sick jersey, though. Who's your? Well, you want the twenty six on your back? Yeah, I do. Two six. Primo Boston Sosa. Uh, who's Bargnani, your, I mean, who was your most hated Raptor? Did you have one that you were like, man? The guy that I was probably I can't most stand annoyed this guy. with was Bargnani. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you rep that. You rep that. Uh, uh, that number seven, I think. Who seven? Oh, I hate that yeah. guy too. Yeah. yeah, that that was tough. Okay. That was a tough era. It's a tough era for me. If you could have dinner with a with a Raptor player, um, who would it be? Where would you go? What kind of question is this? Man? <laughs> if you had to riz one Raptor, well, who would you riz and why? <laughs> no, pick right now. Uh, if I had to go with dinner with one Raptor, I, don't know. I, don't, I, don't have I mean, obviously Utah. Yeah, you're right. That's the storyline. Again, he's no longer Raptor, and I still no longer have his number. Yeah, tune in on the next episode of Dragon Ball GT at this point. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, at this, hopefully we're going to get a Zoom interview set up for next week. Gambo, aren't we? Yeah, that's why I said. It's not looking said, optimistic. No. Lock in for Michael Scotto and Baxter Holmes, my brother. It's not looking optimistic. Why? Did we scare him after cornering him and asking for his phone number? It's uh, just, like I told you, he's one of the most famous people. Cool. In the world. That's fine, but... No, we got to check. We got to humble ourselves sometimes. All right, fine. Um, pick your dinner, mate. Pick your dinner spot now. Um, Their it, names are... Probably... It's probably, like... It's probably Dennis. Dennis seems chill. Like, yeah, Dennis man. genuinely seems chill. Yeah. Like, uh, like now, when we see each other at the arena, we say maybe, hi. Maybe you and... Oh, okay, we get it, man. Stop bragging. Um, yeah. You and Dennis at Piano Piano? Yeah. <laughs> What, you we're not trying to risk the what, Raptors. You don't like these keys? <laughs> You're not trying to hit these notes? <laughs> uh, piano piano was pretty great, though. Right. That's the piano piano. All right, piano well, piano. Then. Their last Friday it was a great service, too. <sighs> All right, real question. Do you think a second... Wait, hold on, hold on. Who are you taking? Because, you know, I think you described in my previous episode of the Banter Pod that you actually had the chance to have dinner with Precious once. Yeah. To write a story, and he famously ordered calamari rings. Yeah, we're not sharing that here. Uh, um, but I will go with Precious, Precious again to uh, really? Patois. Um, do you think, do you think, real question, do you think okay. a second unit with Chris Boucher, speaking of Precious, do you think a second unit with Chris Boucher and Precious is playable? I feel that Darko understood that they can't play both uh, at the same time, but I don't know if Jalen McDaniels is better. Mm. I also don't understand why Otto's not playing. So basically, right, yeah. what do you think about the Chris Boucher-Precious so, partnership on the court together? This is a good question. Thanks for sending it in. Because I was thinking about it after looking at the rundown for the first time in my life. And mm. um, you know, 
Because there was a period where it really worked. There was a period where it really worked. It was during the time when the Raptors were also quite successful as well uh, in that 48-win season uh, two years ago when Scotty was a rookie and he won Rookie of the Year. Um, that was the combo they went to off the bench. And that was a combo that actually, by the numbers and also just by watching the game, like, they were actually quite good. Mm. Um, and I was thinking about, like, okay, so what's different between now and then? And I think it's really comes down to changing the system. I think Chris and Pressures mm. are fine and can be productive as a combo if you play, like, a heliocentric offense. Like, you're basically just like, I'm going to give it to one guy and he's going to isolate and those guys are going to crash the glass. That accentuates their strength. They're really good at crashing the glass. Um, they're going to, you know, play hard defense, get out in transition. They're good in transition, you know. Um, that was kind of the style they played. If you want to play .5 offense with these guys where the ball is going to touch the high post and then there's going to be a screen off the ball and then someone's going to maybe get in position for a cut, maybe someone's going to come around some curls, and you have them kind of deciding where to make the passes, where to make the right reads, when to sort of like – you know, set the screen, one to slip the screen, one to reject the screen, all this other stuff. Like, you're starting to really complicate it to the point where it's like, okay, now you're not really playing into the strengths. I think the flip side is like, you're probably trying to develop, especially in the case of Precious, trying to develop the skill set into him. But you are, mm. by developing, what you are doing is making him do something that he's not good at right now and getting practice to get better at it. So in the meantime, it's going to look pretty terrible. And there's no guarantee that he gets there. Hopefully he gets there, right? So... Yeah, I mean, I think you can play them together, but you would have to play essentially what the way Nick used to play them, which was like, you guys aren't allowed to touch the ball. <laughs> okay. So many rules Pascal, for two bench players. Pascal man. and Fred are going to shoot the ball, and you're going to go Damn. run to get the board. In that case, they actually can be successful. Yeah. You probably also have to play a little bit more zone defense with them, too. I thought last year they did a good job playing those two in a zone, sometimes with Christian Coloco as well. Offensively, again, it was just was pretty bad because those three were not good offensively. But... At least if we put him in a zone, you put a lot of rim protection on the floor. You're actually okay. This year, the Raptors aren't zoning nearly as much either. So I think in terms of system changes, those two guys are probably struggling with the system changes a lot more than we ever really talk about because I guess all we focus on is can Pascal and Scotty coexist. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, please, man. Bobby, Masai, just get a better bench, man. Like we just we just need a better second unit. It's, All right. It's tough. Say less, bro. First round pick for, for Doug McDermott on the way. <laughs> Yo, say less. Um, All right. Back to the fun. Yeah. What is the best and worst free t-shirt giveaway from the Raptors over the years? So I, I mean, did. Did you have a bad free giveaway? Uh, Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. So. We're going to be ungrateful. My uh, black, the black and gold, Um, when the Sixers and Raptors played in the first round, um, 2022. Yeah. Um, that playoff tee doesn't really age that well because really? it just says 2022 playoffs and they were oh, down 3-0. Right. It's not like a tee that you can like rep. That one is a little tough. Yeah, little that tough. one's tough. Did you like that era? I, what about the white? Just, it just says We the North, the white. Tr- I like those. That's, not, um, no, that's like a sleep shirt. That's not a shirt you can even <laughs> wear to the supermarket. Like you're just sleeping in that one. Did you like when, I think it was 2016, they did a bunch of like graffiti inspired ones. I actually kind of liked it. Yeah. So yeah. those, those I think have aged well. Yeah, they have. Again, if anybody has them in size XL, please well, hit like me up. like the angry snowball at yeah, one point. I, I, I think those uh, age well. Like shoelaces yeah. kind of in a ball. They were yeah. getting clowned at the time. They were. But I think they're, they're the better angry now. angry beaver, which I still have. Yeah, they gave that away game five of the first round between the Raptors and the Pacers. Yeah. And I, I, I went uh, as a fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what have you not gone as a fan? Okay, fine. I did you've not have a You've either gone pass. as a fan or you've gone for the fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's actually, this is all you've done in your that's life. That's hard. Um, 
But yeah, I went <sighs> to that game and they gave that shirt away. And that was the game where the Raptors, it was 2 2 in the series and they had mm. to win that game okay. for, for control. Oh, and this that is was the, the Norm. Yeah. Norm got the steal, okay. 12 0 run, dunked the ball. And it was yeah. like so exciting in that building. The Raptors still had to hung on to actually win the game because Solomon Hill shot the three at the end. And yeah, the no, the, was on the, the, the no analytics on that was too slow. Oh, oh man, that was tough. <laughs> too slow. That was tough. Man. Yeah. I'm just imagining the no analytics board like bop it, you know, it's like <laughs> twisted. Just, I'm just picturing your big Bullet. head cheering. You must have been cheering like crazy. Oh, my voice game. was my voice was gone. Yeah. You know how intense I'm at the game, and I was just wearing that stupid shirt. I got on the subway, <laughs> like I hopped on a union, and I was getting home, and I was looking. I looked down at my stupid shirt, and I'm like, you know what? This means something to me now for the rest of my life. This little no, angry beaver. I'm telling you, man. So I only wear that shirt when the Raptors absolutely need a win. That's a personal attachment yeah. shirt for you, and I love that. Um, other shoutouts of good shirts. By the way, I wore that shirt below my sweater. For Game Seven between Raptors and the uh, Sixers, oh, did you? Twenty nineteen. Okay. Yeah, but I, I like you know, that. as a media member, I can't just be wearing Raptors. This was gear. your superstitious thing. Yeah. For the Kawhi shot. Oh yeah, day. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I like everyone that. did something superstitious for that game. No. I thought it was the last game of the season. So. Really. I, I flicked up courtside just in case. Um, other shoutouts. The early Drake Night tees are really good. Like early era. Oh, yeah, yeah. When it was Drake yeah, Night. I agree. Yeah. Um, you like the ones where they have all the MLSC teams on there? Yeah. So that but I believe was during the finals. That was, that, that was wow. game one finals giveaway. I think my dad has it now. I'm going to need that back. Um, and then I don't know if you remember when the Celtics and Raptors played a Christmas game uh, after the championship. Oh, I do remember that. OVO yeah. Snow Globe T. That one's really good. That one's hard. That one's really good. I love that it one. It doesn't even matter that Jalen Brown dropped like 30 on us and uh, we lost the game. Man, we hyped that Christmas game up so much and it was such a dud. Yeah. What was better was when we got our revenge. No, we're not doing this Pat McCall thing Pat again. Pat McCall, baby. 18, 7, and 8. <sighs> okay, uh, yeah. so far we have we Raptor haven't. games are my Seinfeld lines. <laughs> I remember them. <laughs> you really do. So far we haven't seen the lineup of Scotty, OG, Pascal, Jakob, and mm. Gary. Yeah. So basically the starting lineup, but instead of Dennis, it's Gary. Why do you think this is, and do you think it could potentially be better than starting Dennis Schroeder? Um, that was coming into the year. That was the lineup that I kind of anticipated, like coming into the off season. I think as soon as we got to training camp and we heard the reports that like. Dennis is taking all these reps as a starter. Like, it's not like Gary's getting any reps with the starters. It was like, okay, I was pretty, like, convinced that, okay, Dennis is going to start. But I did see some logic in that, right? You did have your best movement shooter in Gary, who plays really well with the starters. You have OG as a shooter. You have, you know, Scotty this year, I would say he's, like, like a, he's been a plus shooter. Like, he's he's shooting at a decent volume, and he's hitting at a pretty good percentage. Mm. Um and then you have Pascal and Jakob in the middle. Like, it actually probably makes the most sense balance-wise. You don't have a ball handler outside of Scotty. And so what you would probably do is, even though Scotty would have the ball, he'd be mostly looking to set up and run the actions. And so um, maybe you're not actually getting the most scoring from him, even though he has the ball so much in that kind of scenario. But I still thought that, like, okay, you're going to run point Scotty with the you know other guys on the court who could really operate in that system. I still think it's worth a shot at certain points, but it seems like very much this year, Darko has largely put Dennis with um, Jakob. Two of them like have probably the highest minutes overlap out of anybody. Yeah. Any two-man combination on the court. Combination. Um, and I do wonder, okay, if you're not running pick and rolls for Jakob, then how much can you get out of Jakob, right? Yeah. So I do understand like why he's starting Dennis. And also Dennis is performing really well, much better than Gary is performing too. So it's hard now to make the case that like, okay, we should flip it. Yeah, but I this, do think that, like, just looking at the skill set-wise, it does seem like it should work. 
Yeah, it's just we've had this conversation too. Like last year, it's just like the the lack of talent on this roster. It's like every time someone's struggling, the first option is like, can we move them into the starting lineup to get them going? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like yeah, Dennis I, has been playing really well as a starting point guard. You right? think long term Gary's future in the league is as a starter or as a bench guy? I mean, that's tough. I almost feel like it's he's almost like a tweener in that way of like. What? No, he's a tweener in that. He's Never a tweener. heard about a tweener from uh, a star, No, I'm, I'm a, I'm a I'm you know, shouts, forwards, get Ekum, get Ekum on the line, man. Uh-huh. This is some true Hooper talk right now. Got you, got you. No, I think, I think like Gary has historically done well with start with the starting lineup yeah. here, but he's also like not produced consistently to the point where he deserves the starting spot, though. You uh, know what I mean? That's that's what I mean by like a tweener right. thing. But it's like, but then you move him to the bench, and it ideally it seems like okay. Like, he can be the guy for a second unit, but he's never really been that guy of, like, a takeover score mm. in the second unit. So it's like, you're kind of stuck. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think he deserves to be moved into the starting lineup just to get him going. I so for you. me, that's why he's kind of well, stuck in the middle for me. Yeah. And that's um, why I have huge questions about his, like, long-term future here. Yeah, I guess you would hope that development-wise, he's able to play independent of that contest. Sure. But, but like, we've yeah. had him here for, like, what, three and a half years now? Mm-hmm. And... I think I posed a question earlier to you guys. It's like, have we seen tangible improvements mm. from Gary? No, that's fair. Right? Fair. So, anyways, didn't mean to slander your boy like that. That's <laughs> all good. There. I have to tease my boy now, <laughs> as you know. Um, dipping into the uh, Shohei Otani section let's here. Let's do it. Um, people want to know, what would be Blake Murphy's version of ramen with Utah? Because they suggested okay. sushi with Shohei. Okay, um, let's be let's let's be respectful to Shohei. <laughs> Me having sushi with Utah was like relatively possible. Um, this is different. Um, this is like saying, yeah, I'm just gonna go smoke a cigar with MJ. <laughs> like, come on, man. So, what would be Blake's version of ramen with uh, Utah? Duff swings with Jeffrey Laverne. Oh, brother, come on, man. I got Blake a Jeffrey Laverne jersey once yeah, upon a time. That's you know pretty good, story. man. The double sevens? Yeah. Yeah. The pocket, <laughs> pocket sevens? sevens. <laughs> yeah. You have an answer for uh, that? It'll probably be not with a player, but with the front office guy. Okay. I feel like I, one thing I've, okay. I've told Blake this many times. Yeah. Man, I was like, you know, the ability that he's had to yeah. build that connection with yeah. these guys. Curry with Corey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, just Eric Corey, congrats! Uh, got the first win today. Congrats, nine hundred five update. Are they? Is nine hundred five doing the chain too? You think they're a little hand me down situation? <laughs> oh brother, they might do the chain that's in your bag right now, man. That might be the chain that they do. But by the way, by the way, paging Frank Baraska to come to the studio when we go to break, please. That's right. That's right. Um, um but yeah, I mean, it'll probably be a front office guy. Okay. That's probably my guess. Okay. But it could be a player too. Like OG, he's he's good. He's he's chill with OG. Okay. Okay. What do you think OG eats? Yeah. Roti with OG. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. All right. <laughs> Why does it have to ride? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Strawberries with Castleberry. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Action Bronson. <laughs> Using all these food alliteratives. Oh. Terms. Also right. with the Shohei side, mm-hmm. because we told the story of how we embarrassed ourselves uh, tracking down Utah this week. Yeah. People want to know what would you do if you saw Shohei Otani courtside at a Raptors game? I actually don't think we would be that yeah, honestly, desperate I, I'm to like, like uh, connect. That's a tall Asian right there. Like, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's a, keep that's, moving, a, that's like. a fellow talking. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, all right. He's like, he bats and pitches. I pot and write, man. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? Well, these days I write really frequ- infrequently, <laughs> but it's only because I'm lazy. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I probably snap a pick and that's it. Like, I don't think Shohei's. I, I don't think Shohei's up there for you in terms of like a starstruck situation. No, I don't think I really would be starstruck like that. The only guy I was really that starstruck by at Scotiabank Arena was seeing Thierry Henry. What about Ronaldinho? He was in the building Ronaldinho too. Ronaldinho too, yeah. You're yeah. Right. yeah, but Henry was there for the finals. Is that right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Were you in close? I was like within like 10 feet of Thierry Henry. And I you, was, weren't I was like, shook. you weren't like, yo, maybe I should approach him. No. None of that. I respect okay. people. <laughs> I'm a respectful person. Did I tell you? I think I've told this story, but whatever. I fanned out overseeing Chris Martin of Coldplay one time. Oh, where? Courtside. He was uh, a Brooklyn Nets. Oh, So this wow. is when I was in New York. He I was suck. like, courtside. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Man, that's a Barclay Center. Okay, Barclay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> what you think I have? 67 years old. <laughs> Uh, this guy was like, that's Brooke Lopez when we're with Marshawn Brooks over there. I knew Brooke Lopez when he played like Shaq. Um, so I saw him course pre pregame. I rolled up to him and I was like, hey, Chris, big fan. <laughs> you know what? I said, big fan. Hey, mind if we get a selfie? He's like, ah, I don't know. My kids are here. I'm like, don't worry. I'll crop them out. <laughs> And then he still said said Glizzy God. And then when I walked away, I was like, (laughs) when you try your best and you don't succeed, so it was tough. So So you never got the photo? No, 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 no. He he totally rejected me. Uh, Ric Flair, I keep going. Where are you going to get the the selfie on? Your Motorola Razor? (laughs) (laughs) Like... Guy's gonna take a selfie oh, on the Blackberry oh, oh, Bulb. On my Black Album exclusive Motorola <laughs> Razor. Yeah, that was not gonna work. I mean, Fat Joe, I geeked out over uh, last week, and I, again, another yeah. person I wasn't able to to run into. Another brick. Rick Flair, I saw him during I think 2016 finals. That was kind of yeah. cool. Um, he's but- mad old. I mean, he's mad old. What do you want me to say to that? Okay. People just, age, man. Just, just curious. Sorry. People age. No, I, that's fine. nothing wrong with aging at all. It's, aging is beautiful. Oh, my God. You have to bring uh, one Raptor to karaoke. I don't care. He's old. Um, <laughs> who, you have to bring one Raptor player to karaoke. Uh-huh. Um, who are you bringing and what, what song do you oh. want to sing with them? Okay. We're deep in the bag right we, now. We take karaoke really seriously. Scotty Barnes. Scotty, Scotty would be great because he has a lot of energy. Yeah. But he's also so young, he's not going to know any of the songs that we sing. Yeah. There's a big generational gap. That's the thing. But me, and you, me and you sing oh, different Chris songs. Chris would be actually pretty Chris hard. Would be fun. Chris would be pretty great, but I, But I want Mike Roach there. I yeah, want Ibrahim there. Yeah. Like, I want the whole crew. So you want to go karaoke with Chris then? You don't want him to come karaoke <laughs> with us? I oh. want Iguodala. <laughs> <laughs> I want Iguodala so <laughs> Derek, man. You might have last minute earned the chain. No, Frank Baraska. Yeah. Get down uh, oh man. Why is why are these so pick think, one raptors so hard for you, bro? because no, all you do is I, think I, about that I, whole I, roster. I do mean it, you know. You I think do, about this whole it. roster. You know, who, you know who I feel Loki could be pretty great? Jakob. You think so, man? Yeah. He'd be I like, should... ah, I don't want to sing, man. You guys sing. No, he's gonna down like sixteen soju <laughs> and, and we're gonna sing like ninety nine Luff balloons or whatever. All right. Not so me. we're going with Jakob. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. No, I think Jakob could really get into it. Yeah. You know, I was at the Rhapsody Social like uh, two weeks ago now. Oh, yeah. Did, uh, any news from that? We never tapped in for a report from you. Uh, I was not there as a journalist. I was just there to enjoy myself. <laughs> Once again, you were there as a fan? I was, I'm always there as a fan. Like, oh I, I know it officially says uh, media, but I'm a fan. That's, Don't get it twisted. Oh, yeah! That's and, <laughs> and Jakob was just behind the bar, like, pouring people drinks, making people, like, he's a know, facilitator. sodas and stuff. Yeah. He's a facilitator. He really was heading on assists at the. He did it for like thirty minutes, and then Malachi joined. Jakob's a good dude, yeah, man. Malachi also low key probably could probably use a karaoke session. Yeah. The whole year is about putting the arm around Malachi. Our version of that would be taking a karaoke. 
All right, one more before we go to break. Uh, the Raptors bench unit keeps changing every game and is never consistent. That's the last one. Which four players off the Raptors bench do you think best fits Scotty? I just don't think you need to play four bench guys <laughs> with Scotty. Like that's that's all. But this has been like the discussion of the week, eh? Like I think Scotty and bench. I think if you had to pick, I would pick um, Gary. I'd take Chris. Chris is always paired well with with Scotty. You got to give him a target in transition, and I feel like the bench guys don't run as much as the starters. Like, yeah. when the starters get a turnover, like Pascal's on that break, OG's on that break, and they're just sprinting. Okay. Um, when the when the bench gets a turnover, I don't get the same vibe. Like, I don't I don't see it as much. But Chris definitely is a guy who can really make good use out of uh, Scotty's passing in transition. Um, Otto, put Otto out there as well. Okay. And then your fourth again. I, my question is, do you have to have a fourth? Why? Why do you have a fourth? Yeah. All right. Let's rip off oh. some. <laughs> let's yeah. rip off some fun ones, actually, before we take the break. All right, Frank, let's do it. Let's do Frank it. Parasca, hold on to your seats. Um, if you could pick your own media team for next year's sport versus media game, who would be your team? So if you could build a starting okay. five. Yeah. So you. Uh. Me. Yeah, uh, the two of us will be in that team. Honestly, I'll run it back with Jerome and Lieben, man. Jerome and Lieben. And I think we just need another, like... Savannah? Savannah's, Savannah's tough. And then we're set. Savannah's tough, yeah. I think we're set. I think we're good, yeah. Okay. Although, I think I, I heard back in the day Grange was a true hooper. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. Heard Brad Faye is a true hooper. I heard Brad Faye is a true hooper. Yeah, Faye got game. Uh, I heard yeah. JD got some game as well. Oh, word. Yeah, he, he honed his game up up on... Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's from UConn. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. He's he's okay. Ivan of the UConn, but okay. I heard he got some game up there too. So you're saying we could build a pretty good like probably in-house sports net. Squad. And this is obviously not including people who actually hoop like you know Paul Jones yeah. and Sherm and guys like that. Aside from aside from Blake, obviously, um, you know, even though he's zero and one in these situations, like who who at Sportsnet would you want to coach? Coach us? Yeah. Uh, Do you see any potential coaches out there in the six people that you've met here in probably, the last two and a half years? Probably JR. Probably JR. Danielli actually coaches, by really? the way. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Danielli Franceschi. Okay. Yeah, he, he oh, could be what? there. Yeah, he could coach too. But I, I would okay. go with JR just because I, I think for these kind of games, you You're definitely gonna go need someone. You're going to go with JR? I just want someone who's just like chill, you know, like just This giving... is how Bucks fans are talking about Adrian Griffin right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going with JR? I'm going with JR. That's the I want Manitad. <laughs> Yo, that's wild. <laughs> I want to sigh. That's what, huh? when, that's what happens when the boss leaves for the week and then Blake also dips. I just... want to sigh, you jeery. Oh. Um, when are you, this is for me, when are you going to do a live show in Scarborough? Would love to have Alex here to sign books. Actually, like I mentioned, I visited uh, my alumni, UT Scarborough this week. So we are working on a lot of things, including... A book event there. Let's do an event at Pacific Mall. It's what my, my yes, my, we've my been meaning to do it. Has been telling me to do. And we're gonna. I'm gonna be at Vintage We Trust tomorrow, 1580 Queen Street West, three to six p.m. Come through. Um, what activity would you do if you had unlimited funds? Gamble. Un- un- unlimited funds? Yeah. Oh, a gambling would yeah. actually be <laughs> totally up there. Are you kidding I would, me? I would put a million dollars on roulette and feel the adrenaline rush on oh, red. Wow. Yeah. And That's a double hard. zero. That's hard. Yeah. What would you do? Uh, unlimited funds. Buy a Christmas tree. You know, end world hunger, you know. Uh. Oh, okay. Good dude over here. Okay. <laughs> unlimited funds. Good dude. Uh, no, well, for myself, probably just, you know, Christmas buy my tree. family a house and stuff like that. Yeah, Christmas tree. Or... Used Nintendo Switch games. Um, <laughs> I probably still got them used. <laughs> these are literally your Friday activities. Um, mm. What would you be doing, last one, what would you be doing if you weren't in this job? I'd be a pit boss at a casino. Would yeah. you? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> a terrible know. pit boss, Because I'd start gambling. Yeah. <laughs> 
the number one rule. Don't get high on your own supply. Oh, I'm the lethal weapon. I do not finish second. Well, what would you be doing, man? What would I be doing? Yeah, I sitting in the 100s in your angry beaver shirt as a Raptors season ticket holder? Oh, I, I probably would be, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Coming up, I really wanted to be a teacher. I thought like, I really <laughs> I thought wanted to be a high school teacher. I thought you were going to rap to you and hate it or love it. <laughs> Coming up, I was going to be, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, a high school teacher, you know? You would be a high school teacher. You don't think I could, I, I could, I could talk to kids? No, no, you got, you got the skills, man. You know, I respect you a lot. Um, All right, man. I'm done for this segment. teach history, for the record. All right, let's go to break. All right, we're going to go to this last break. Been your host, Wolu. You've been listening to The Raptors Show. Yes, we do talk about the Raptors on the Sportsnet Radio Network. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Will Wu. I continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. And because it's the end of the week, we want to continue this time-honored tradition of giving thanks to the people behind the scenes. Because usually I'm just like riffing through them as quickly as possible to end the show. Um, Mm -hmm. But then we got to actually give them their time and their, their respect. So Alex, who is going to get the coveted Raptors show chain? Of the week. Yeah, so first off, a uh, couple of quick honorable mentions. As we mentioned, Jared Manitad, uh, once so again. So close. Came close. Re- really close. Came close. Came close. You can make the case for sure. I want to give a shout out to Josiah as well. Yeah. Um, he's the one who helped create all these graphics on Monday when we were talking about my MVP performance. Mm. He was really locked in. Got you. And David Sis, who we realized today, Will uh, doesn't know what <laughs> David Sis looks like. Because oh, we, you expose we walked in and he was sitting here with uh, Matt Marchese in the show before. And Will was like, who is that? <laughs> I think I said... I, I wasn't I was, really familiar with your I game. Like, I was like, wow, that's Armin right there. <laughs> oh, no. But the, but the so chain. So that's two employees but I don't chain, recognize. But the chain this week, we got to yes. pan the camera to our guy, Frank Baraska, who, you know, has filled in occasionally the last couple of years when Jennifer Rolnick has been away. And Frank has filled in for us last week and this week as well. Frank is uh, great energy. And is, uh, for people that are, like, watching on TV... Just look at this man. This man is a rock star, bro. He's a like, literal rock star. Like me. <laughs> I just want to say that you came up to me and asked for an autograph. Yeah, yeah, I, no, Frank, you're. I wouldn't I, freeze you up. I want you to know that you're you're a legend, man. Like, I, well, I also want you to know you got to speak closer to the microphone. Yes. Yeah, now that we're, now that we're your come producers. Come on, Frank. Yeah. All right. No, but like. He's got to guide me. I just want you to know. Like, Will and I and JR, like, we spend every day trying to get to a certain level of, like, swag. Mm. And then we see you, and it's like, the swag has to be natural. And you've got that natural swag, my brother. So, congrats to you on the chain. I hope this makes, like, the top 100 of your, like, life accomplishments. It, it, it yeah, won't, top, but... <laughs> top 14. <laughs> no, we're up there. That's pretty cool. I appreciate right. that. Thanks, you guys. Uh, yeah. So... Walk us through. What 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 do you typically do? Like, if you weren't right now getting this chain, what will you be doing? Uh, I'd be cutting the show. So I'd be putting to air what David, mm-hmm. the person that you didn't know what he looked like <laughs> until today. <laughs> Did realize he had yellow glasses, by the way. Were they yellow? They, 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 they were tinted. yellow on the screen. They yeah, were yeah, maybe. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looked like a poker player. <laughs> He's pretty cool. He's actually doing now. He's filling in for me so that I could be on camera. With Got you. Guys. Yeah. So I'd be cutting the show and making yeah. sure cameras. David, I apologize. <laughs> look, look at Frank's swag, man. Uh, Frank, have you always had this hairstyle? Uh, when I was younger, I had it pretty long, and then I cut it short. And then when COVID hit, I just let it grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I kept it. I actually just got it cleaned up a little bit last night. 
just for today. Really? No, yeah. it's a total coincidence. But I had an appointment <laughs> yesterday. All right. Well, it, it looks great. Yeah. Well, How many more times can we compliment his appearance? This is great. Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. Not enough. Yeah, not enough. I agree. Second question, Frank. Um, do you like basketball? Uh, I do. Oh, okay. That's it? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to follow up. <laughs> Frank's a tough interview, man. <laughs> are you, are you do you want me to ask my own questions? or No. No, no, no whatever no, no, you want, man. No, no, no. What's your history, with, what's your history in sports? Give us your sports team. Yeah, that's a better question. Um... I've never been a huge sports fan. I usually like digging in on playoff. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's sensible, honestly. Bandwagon? Yeah. I'm actually a football fan, but like actual football, not American football. Oh, Will's football. Hey. Okay. So what's your what, what's your squad? And what's your club? I don't know if I really have a club. Oh, you just like the game. I mm. like the game. Oh, wow. I, I respect that even more. Check the swag. Uh, the authenticity man. of like the fans. And yeah, right. How they make it sort of a, an event regardless of where they are in the season it's not playoffs it's just sorry it's all good it's all good yeah i think i would know this no um it's, it's not intuitive i lose my mind i'm on camera don't try this at home guys yeah, yeah. that's awesome man. Um, did you play then when i was a kid yeah i played some soccer gotcha. my favorite actual basketball memory though mm. so in the final when they won the championship the raps mm -hmm. was actually on stage playing a gig oh and we had arranged it so that the band could see a monitor above the bar Oh, oh, that's wow. the final game. Yeah. Against Warriors. And I remember playing, and when they won, it just, the entire room stopped listening to us. Yeah. And we kind of just stopped playing. Just they just turned around. Yeah, they no, they didn't, they, didn't care. they didn't care about us. Wow. And uh, I just remember being just blown away by that happening, A, yes. but also being on stage, yeah. doing what I'm doing, which is playing, and uh, still being able to watch the, the game. That's awesome. Well, you know, getting paid to play music. Fun. Getting home that night wasn't easy. But. Yeah, I can imagine. You probably had to walk home. What was the venue? Do you remember? Uh, Cherry Cola's. In, okay. uh, it's closed now. It actually ended up closing over COVID. But Damn. Bathurst in the college area. Oh, yeah. You would have been stuck then. Yeah, it was a mess. Damn. But it was so worth it. I remember I remember coming out of the club and somebody being hanging off of like a lamppost, putting up a banner or something. It was crazy. It was sheer pandemonium. It, it, it was it, actually, yeah, it actually was. That's the only thing I actually regret about the championship is not being able to celebrate it in Toronto because I was, like, at the, the game. It's not a humble brag, whatever. I was covering the game. Mm -hmm. And then when you leave the arena, it's just a silence. Right. Nobody cared. Yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah, people yeah. In, in San Francisco or Oakland, I guess, well, was actually really sad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a totally it, different vibe. Me just coming out with a huge grin. Yeah, it was a closing. You were of, all alone. It was I the was closing alone. of that arena, too. Like, that was the final game. Actually, day. And I, yeah. I have to say, Oracle Arena was a smelly arena. <laughs> That place smelled bad. No wonder they closed it down, man. They're like, I guess this is the last game ever is going to be here. So poo poo platter. <laughs> what, <laughs> Derek? How'd you pull that, man? Um, right. Last one for you, Frank. You, you know, you, you've had a chance to you know work with us here occasionally, like we mentioned. You're my favorites. And we, yeah, we oh, never asked you. this. Like, what what are your impressions of us? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, what's your right. scouting report on on Will and and uh, and on I'm me? I'm a bad coworker. I don't recognize my coworkers. <clears throat> That aside, yeah. uh, I just love how chill you guys are and yeah, how wow. you just speak authentically about what you're talking about. You're not trying to, you're not posing, you're not trying to be. Oh, I'm posing. Like we know. Are you? Yeah, well, trust me. I don't know about that. Well, actually, whenever I see that happen, I just cut away from you. <laughs> I've noticed that too. Just cut to Will. So you're saying authenticity. Yeah, I just like yeah. how much you, are, you guys are like real fans. Yeah. yeah. Like authentic fans. And you just speak from the heart when you talk about it. Wow. Yeah. That makes Damn. it entertaining. Even when you're talking about something that's 
kind of boring, you still make it interesting. <laughs> like what? Like, no, what's I the don't most know. boring part about listening to us? That's a better question. I mean, it depends how the raps are doing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes there's like, not a whole lot to talk about. These guys are talking about Porter and bench lineups. This is, this is not it. <laughs> right? Yeah. But you guys still make it interesting. So. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you. I love that, man. Well deserved on the chain. Alex, great selection. Yeah. I mean, we, we vote, but, you know, we all agree. This is pretty it's cool. unanimous. No, we. So I don't um, get to keep this, right? I got to give it back. Yeah. You so, can, you know what? so why go, don't you wear it all no, the way upstairs? upstairs. We'll go collect upstairs. it from you because we got to come take a photo with you after. Okay. A little yeah. photo op. Yeah. So uh, appreciate you, Frank. All right. Thank and, you. Uh, please, you please get back to work. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Appreciate you can it, exit bro. behind me. I yeah. Will do that. Uh, exit. Exit stage right. Yeah. Um, Dave cut away from me and everything. Shouts to uh no shouts to Frank Brasco for real. Oh man. Um, unbelievable. Always great energy. Congratulations, buddy. Um. So uh, yeah, Will. Yeah. Back to it. It's always good to fish for compliments, too, from your coworkers. It's better to fish for a slander, though, I think. You think so? Yeah, because the compliments, everyone's just going to be super nice about it. You mm. know, they got to, like, you know, they, everyone knows how to be nice because everyone's yeah. had to be nice to someone they don't actually like. <laughs> Look at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. It's just you and an invisible mic. <laughs> Please sit on the other chair or Please, something. Please, David, right? sis, what are you doing? Um, uh, yeah, it was, oh, I'm yeah, no, it's easy to be nice to someone because everyone's had the experience of being fake nice. But it's sure. hard to be fake rude. You have to be honest about your rudeness. Oh, okay. That's why I like actually asking. It's a little too deep. <laughs> a there little for rudeness me, man. out of people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyways, we've got a couple minutes here before we preview got you. the Knicks got you. Raptors game. Did you see the Detroit Pistons ended up going winless in November, my I, brother? I, I did. Yes. Uh, the no win November. Um, <laughs> Somebody called it something else, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically on the same idea. No. Yeah. Um. It's really sad. It really, really is sad. Like, I genuinely feel bad. Um, that franchise was, like, like one of, not the beacon. I would never say, like, the people were saying, like, we got to be like the Pistons. But I know for a lot of Raptor fans for a long time, because the Pistons are just down the road. Like, if you really wanted to go see a playoff game, you'd probably just drive three hours south to Detroit. Mm. Like, that was a really proud organization. And they had a lot of great years. Obviously, they won. Uh, the chip in 04, they won two chips back in the day with Isaiah. Like, like that's, they're a proud organization. When you talk about the Pistons, you think about, like, you know, bad boy Pistons. And, you mm. know, even the last couple of years with, like, the five guys where it was, like, nobody was a superstar, but they played mm -hmm. as a collective some of their parts. I loved a lot of the characters on that team. You know, the two Wallaces. Like, it, it was great to see. And I, I think just since that point, like, they've obviously slowly lost all those pieces. Because whatever, time goes by, and that's, like, 20 years ago now. But... Mm -hmm. To get to this point, it's just I feel bad because I, I know a lot of the fans there. Like obviously, the, the, the they've changed arenas too. They moved around, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think what's undeniable is just like the product on the court is just no longer like um, like interesting. Even long term, it's it doesn't feel as interesting. And I feel like for most rebuilding teams, at least you can look forward to a long term vision because you're mm -hmm. like, okay, this guy's gonna pan out. This guy's gonna pan out. They're gonna play together, and then once they get a couple of winning pieces, like you know what Houston did this year was like, you know what, we have some prospects. You know, Fred, we bring in Dylan Brooks, we bring in Jeff Green even, and these guys were really able to click with the new coach, and then all of a sudden you win again. And then you feel really good about these young guys being able to play in a winning environment. They're so far from being in a winning environment. When we saw them come to Toronto, mm -hmm. the, like Toronto was not even in a good space. Like Toronto's offense, we were talking about it, 30th in the league, you know, you know, everything was not really great with them. And then the Raptors go on and hang like 142 on them. Mm -hmm. I think maybe 144, I think that was like almost close to the Raptors franchise record. For how mm -hmm. many points scored in the game, I just feel bad because again, like those fans, like they really, like they did so much good things to get fans into that building. And I get it; you got to go through this as part of rebuilding. 
but like it's the absolute nadir of re- rebuilding for them you know and they're a joke they're real they're actual joke like they yeah it's tough and- watching them man i feel bad like they benched the uh, who did they bench yesterday they benched the sar thompson it's yeah. like why he's been one of the most promising happiest things about the year and they benched them and only played them 13 minutes last night why? yeah and i think the most disappointing thing is like they do have a collection of you know high-end draft picks and they also spent the summer like recruiting Monty Williams to be the head coach. They paid him to be the most expensive head coach in the league along with yeah. Popovich. They and, gave him the mid-level. And like, I don't know, we talk about this in Toronto all the time too about just, you know, the sometimes it's just the lack of talent, right? Uh-huh. You can look at the coach, you can look at every factor. But I mean, we got to put we got to put the spotlight on Monty too, right? Like if you're coming in to build um, you know, a program, a culture and stuff, mm-hmm. he has failed at this so far. Yeah, it, it's 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 really difficult. And like uh, I know that this team was never really going to be anything more than, like, you know, going for another top lottery pick. But mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's a way to do that without having to lose the whole month. And I get that they had injuries, all that kind of stuff, but it's tough, man. It's it's uh, it's difficult. And you know that those guys are kind of miserable, too. I remember after the game when they lost to the Raptors, Kate mm-hmm. Cunningham was like, you know, we got we to gotta show more fight. We got to be the hungriest team out there. Like, we, haven't, we, don't, yeah. we don't even win games. How are we not hungry? It's yeah. like, yeah, that's actually why you don't win games. No, because you guys really, aren't hungry. They really, how hungry are you right now? Yeah. No, they, they started livers in the front court like we're going for barbecue. <laughs> they got beef stew. They got livers. <laughs> they got everything Lee Bang can't eat, man. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, time now for Between the yeah, Lines. Brought you to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. The Toronto Raptors are hosting the New York Knicks. Tonight, they are two and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. The over-under is 216 and a half. The injury report is clean. For the Raptors? Yes. Everyone is available. Well, I mean, Christian Cole goes Yes, Christian playing, Cole I mean, remains he hasn't been out. All year, yeah, but. remains out, but the whole rotation is intact. Julius Randle played 38 minutes yesterday against the Pistons and is questionable tonight mm-hmm. with knee inflammation. <laughs> He's bending his knees too much while shooting 35 shots a game. <laughs> oh, respect Julius Randle. Come on. Um, so, yeah, the Raptors are a slight favorite at home mm-hmm. looking to build off their win over Phoenix. The Knicks yeah. are on a second half of a back-to-back. Uh, what are you looking for tonight, and who do you like? Uh, I think it's going to be a, a nice defensive matchup. So a rock fight, you're saying <laughs> nicely? A nice defensive it's matchup. It's going to be a rock fight? It's going to be a nice defensive matchup. Okay. No, I, I think uh, these two teams played each other really close last year. Had some mm-hmm. pretty memorable games. One went to overtime. You remember the Raptors won in overtime on that one. Yep. Uh, you had the one where Scotty was like going up to Quentin Grimes and saying, you is not him. Yep. That sparked a debate, which I think is not really a debate. Like, why are we debating a, a future star player and a future role player? Like, mm. it's, it's not close. Uh, it's not even as fun as the Evan Mobley one. I'm not going to lie. And mm. then, you know, you had Pascal going for like 50 plus in the garden. That was last year. Oh, wow. I know. It seems like an eternity ago, but yeah. that was last year. So. Um, yeah, they, they, those two teams definitely match up well with each other. I think the key there is how much Mitchell Robinson's going to be able to control the paint. Because yeah. you've seen the Raptors, if they can't score around the basket, uh, and Mitchell Robinson has been really good defensively, the Knicks have been good defensively too. I think they're fourth in the league. Um, you have a hard time. But having said that, though, I think the Raptors have matched up well with the Knicks in the past, and I still believe that. So, as always, I'm going to pick the Raptors minus two and a half. So, uh, that was Between the Lines brought to you by Brett Rivers. Take a chance, and uh, that does it for us today. I've been your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe, and please rate and review the show. Thanks once again to everybody who sent in questions. Honestly, that was that was great. Um, thanks to producer and co-host Alex Wong. Thanks to our board producer, Derek Randeo, Frank Baraska with The Chain, uh, David Sis. I will introduce myself in person and get to know you a little better. And J.R. Manitab for helping me on the scenes. We'll be back next week.